Hello and gob. <laughs> Hello and goblet. It's I'm very tired. Hello and welcome to goblet. Of- <laughs> oh man! It's the final thing. Don't do it. Could you imagine if I'd done it right there? I would have made I was you done so a shot. close. Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Charlie. And I'm Hannah. And we're two 20-somethings rereading our favourite childhood book and rewatching our favourite childhood films whilst being cynical. Wow, if I change the sentence, I no longer remember what I nope. meant to say. Evidently. The next thing. Um, in today's episode, we're going to be watching the worst film in the fucking world. It's time for Goblet of Fire. Ooh, ooh, da, na, 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 da, 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 Hello and welcome to four hours of me and Hannah getting incredibly angry. I hope it's not four hours. We watched Goblet of Fire the film. We did. Yes. But first, we have other things to talk about. We have a very important thing to talk about. Do we? Yes. Oh, oh fuck yeah. yeah! Get excited! Shit, that thing we did. That thing, you know that thing. You know, you know when you guys asked us for merch like a, a year, year and, and a half ago, ago, and we were like, "Yeah, no, we're working on it for this Christmas," and then we didn't. didn't. Well, no, we did. We worked on it. We just never actually released it. Yeah, no, we've been working on this merch for a year and a half. We. Dumb bitches. To be fair, we did have a global pandemic in the middle of that. Yeah, and we did, like, refine our ideas. Basically, it's very exciting. Our first line of merch is dropping today. The day you are listening to this episode. If you are listening to it on the day it's released. Yes. So the link will be in the bio. There's stuff, different price ranges. Basically, there's a bunch of different designs and you can get them on many, many... many Many different things. Yeah. So there's different price ranges. It should have like local shipping so that you don't have to worry about like if you're American or if you're British or anywhere in between. It should hopefully be reasonable for most people. Yeah. And yeah, there's no pressure to buy anything if you don't want or can't afford. But if you would like some things to wear on your body... Or to use around the house. Yeah, we listened to some early feedback from you guys, which is you wanted some stuff that didn't look like overly Harry Potter merchy, that looked normal. So we worked to make some designs that were like, just kind of like nice looking with our like Logan and Slogos, but there's also some of our funny moments. So many, many, many of you wanted a Norfolk and Chance design. And Charlie created one with a map I of did. the UK. I did. Um, there's also, this is just the first drop, so do let us know what else you want. We know everyone wants an official goblet of wine, wine glass. We can't do that yet. One day. One day we'll work out one how to day. do that. But you can get mugs, you can get pins, you can get stickers, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies. And if you head over to our Instagram, you can see photos of us modelling some of the favourite pieces We did a whole photo shoot. We it did a whole cute. photo shoot. So if you're like, I want to know what a t-shirt would look like with that design on. Go and look at our Instagram. It's there. We've got mugs. Not We've everything, got... but like we bought a couple of things. Yeah, we bought a few things. We've got notebooks. I'm reading the notes for this episode out of a goblet of wine notebook. It's very authentic. So yeah, there's lots of different merch, lots of different price points. No pressure to buy it. But if you would like to check it out, we did work super hard on it. We did. Very, very hard. Get the Norfolk, the Norfolk and Chance 
design is my favorite one i think Aww, what's your favorite thank one you. i don't know i just like the photo of us yes there's a photo of us if you just want to just go around with our face on we did disable it so you can't have the photo of us as a shower curtain i disagreed i thought you should let the people want what they want i personally am worried about what nathan would do with that <laughs> So anyway, the link is in the description of this episode and it will be in all our social media links if you would like to check it out. Moving on to other things. Other things. We have some new patrons to welcome. So a large thank you to Lissa. A Jason Isaac size thank you to Jason. A 99 red balloon size thank you to Nina. Sure. A rhinoceros size thank you to Rachel. A gecko-sized <laughs> thank you to Georgie. It's a bit mean to Georgie. Geckos are quite small. Maybe it's a very large gecko. A moon-sized thank you to Marina Jank. Marie, no, Marina Yang. A velociraptor-sized thank you to Vera. A large thank you to Linda Van Dyke. An interstellar-sized thank you to Imogen. Thank you all so much for joining our Patreon. Our Patreons got things like early access to our merch, so if you would like things like that, along with a load of other rewards, you can check out what's on our Patreon. But thank you to our new people. Next, we have our favourite review of this episode. I started listening after randomly finding the podcast on Spotify and I have to say that I absolutely love it. I'm laughing out loud almost every day on the bus to school. I also cannot get the idea of the fact that Harry should have died from the cold the night he was on the doorstep out of my head now. I want to write a lot more, but I think... I but I'm very bad at writing reviews, so I think I should just end it here. Just to know that I love your podcast very much. Love from Norway, Julie. Norway. Oh, thank you. Also, we're recording this today. Oh, I know, that's why I chose it. <laughs> on the anniversary of the day that Harry would have froze to death on the doorstep. Yeah. And it is so warm. I know. My whole joke of, oh, Harry would have frozen to death on a doorstep has been absolutely ruined by this year being the most mild November 1st I've ever seen. It's like 18 degrees outside. Yeah, it's insane. Can we just point out, though, that when he would have frozen to death was in the 90s before global warming really amped up its attitude. So, you know, we are right about the freezing. We are. So thank you so much for that amazing review. This episode is also an alcohol-sponsored episode. So this, the people who are Produce level tier patrons on Patreon get to choose our alcohol for the week. And Carl chose. Oh, Carl, we tried. An we attempt tried. was made. Carl sent me the recipe for a a cocktail which was a very good idea because you make it in a goblet glass it's blue colour blood and then you light it on fire and it sparks and he was like I really want you to do it for goblet of fire and I was like we could do it for the film perfect that fits in it would not set on fire Carl no because the alcohol that you need to set it on fire is so horrendously expensive we were like it'll be fine yeah, let's use a cheap cheaper one yeah we were like we don't need this 70 pound alcohol just to set it on fire like I'm sure just any spirit will work and then Hannah made it even worse by putting ice in the drink. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. And then we just tried to set a shot on fire and we couldn't do it. And we ended up Googling how you set alcohol on fire. And it's, oh, Carl. Yes. So what we are actually drinking is blue curacao vodka lemonade with a splash of rum in it. It's nice. It tastes like some kind of cleaning product, <laughs> but a nice one. I like it. I mean, I still like the colour. It's in a goblet. It's blue. The mm -hmm. goblet of fire. Like, I wish we could have lit it on fire. Mine does have just random charred bits inside it. Mine smells of matches. 
Is that the same? Yeah. Definitely oh. the same. Yeah. So thank you, Carl, for picking that alcohol. Yeah. So the film. The film. So as you guys know, we split our film episodes into different categories. We don't necessarily talk about the plot of the film because, you, funnily enough, you've just listened to half a year of us witter on about the plot of a book. Yeah. So, so we talk about the plot, which kind of basically the plot is everything that doesn't come into the rest of the point. Yeah. We talk about the casting. Yep. And we do this mostly for new characters. But if we have anything notable to say about like main characters we've already talked about yep. as they they develop uh cinematography and adaption and hannah do you want to talk about the one category wait hang on before we announce the category that we have added specifically for this film pause this episode yep. and tweet us what you think the extra special goblet of fire necessary only category we had to add was Hannah, what is it? It's sexism. We of had course to, it is. We had so much to say about sexism that we had to add an entirely new category so it wasn't just screaming into the void. So that yep. means you have to wait to the end of the episode or towards the end of the episode to hear the sexism screaming, but that's probably good for your sanity. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you in a second what your overall thoughts are on this film. But before I ask that... It goes without saying, I'm sure you're in agreement that this is the worst film. This is the worst film. It is my least favourite of the films. It is enjoyable to watch. Like, I do enjoy watching it. But in terms of the films and how good some of them are, this is by far the worst. It's hot trash. Yeah. It is bad. So bad. We screamed the way through it. We will make a highlight on Instagram. It's also so long for something that has nonsensical plot. I would love to sit down with somebody who has never watched or read Harry Potter, just show them this film and be like... Because as far as I can make out, it makes no bloody sense. No, it, it can't do. So the original plan for this episode was to have my friend Elle on. Elle is the only person I have ever met who not only likes this film but considers it the best film and so the original plan was to have her on so that it would be somewhat a balanced argument aka me and hannah just screaming over l and l crying yeah um but unfortunately because of tier two me and hannah can record because this is a business but obviously l can't join us yeah. uh, which is very very sad yeah so instead you just get a completely biased opinion of two women screaming about harry potter for the next two hours have fun you chose to listen right so plot as we said this is kind of overall things that don't fit into other categories by the way these film episodes are just screaming notes there is barely any structure there's no structure oh what i wanted to say was do you remember seeing this film for the first time no okay i do for a very specific reason do you want to know why oh god when i went to see it in the cinema there was a bomb scare and during the (gasps) dragon scene we had to go stand outside for 30 minutes whilst they checked the cinema for a bomb i why did you bother going back in? They let us back in. They just paused the no, film. No, but as in, like, the film was so bad. Why did you bother going back in? Because we paid for it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a very strong memory of standing in an alleyway outside the cinema in Milton Keynes as they checked. I don't know who called in a bomb scare, though. Yeah, that's that's bizarre. Yeah, I know. So um, that's my memory of going to see this film. Lovely. Pausing it halfway through and going standing in an alleyway. Happy. Anyway, the plot. The film is really fast-paced at the beginning. Yeah. It's like, we're here, we're here, we're going here, and we're done. And it just then later on just spends way too much time on completely irrelevant and insignificant things. And it adds scenes in where you're like, why? Yeah. Yeah, part of this is the World Cup is... 
basically completely skipped over. It's like barely a thing. It happens like so so quickly yeah and it's such like an incredible part of the books and i just don't feel like they did it justice no like i understand why they felt they need to cut the quidditch game i do get it it adds nothing to the plot like i do understand but everyone was so hyped for it and they knew the reaction would be bad with cutting this yeah like because it's a really fun scene yeah i just feel like you could have even added like another three minutes in to the bit before you don't have to show much of the quidditch but it's like the part before yeah it just feels honestly so rushed i know you get none of the like waiting of the buying of the merch and you know the tents and the cooking breakfast it's just like we've we've got the porky we're here get in the tent get out the tent we're in the stands we're done yeah it is it is wildly fast and then there's like just so long spent on the whole like death eater bit it's like the lot like the length of time spent on the death beater eat Death Beater, Death Beater, bit and after is like the entire length on what was spent on the entire match. Well, the entire film so far. The, the film is, yeah, it's wild. It's um, really badly balanced. I feel. I like. feel. I agree. Harry is supporting Bulgaria. Why? Um, why? He like he's wearing a hat with the red and black colours and a shirt with the red and black. I'm like, why? Yeah, but that did. The beautiful scene <laughs> that someone had told Hannah about. Yeah, so someone on a tick. No, it was on a TikTok. Uh, someone had pointed out that when they're in the stands, and you guys have to watch out for this, when they're in the stands, like support and crumb comes out Ginny says who's that and fred's like that little sis is the best seeker in the world and harry's face drops and he's like looks heartbroken <laughs> he that fred looks... has called someone else the best seeker in the world so moody it's hilarious it's so we brilliant. were joking that like they didn't tell dan rod to do that he just kept doing that and they were like dan dan stop doing that and he just refused to stop doing it <laughs> i am the best seeker in the world <laughs> it's so Harry Potter. Uh, Dan Rad is honestly hysterical. He's so I re- good. You know what I rewatched the other day? You know that video of him rapping that alphabet song? Oh, yeah. He's amazing. He's so good. He I is. honestly would marry that man. Yeah. Um, of course, Harry is the one to get separated from the group and kicked in the face. Yeah. I had a note. Did the Death Eaters pack their Death Eater robes? Yes. Like, they just had that on them. This was not supposed to be a planned thing, but they all had their masks and their KKK hoods. What? I don't know. Maybe they can transform their clothes into them. I don't know. Maybe they just carry it around all the time just in case there's an opportunity to get racist. It's always an opportunity to get... No, there's yeah. never an opportunity to get racist. Um, Ron and Hermione would not have just left Harry. They were just like, <laughs> bye, bitch. Like, I suppose they were kind of being carried off by the crowds, but it's still just like... They would have tried to come back. Yeah. Like. And then the entire tent area burns down, but Harry is unburned in the middle of it. I'm like, yeah. is his body immune from fire? Is he still an ice block from when he was a baby? He is uh, Daenerys from Game of Thrones. Confirmed. Oh, confirmed. 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 His clothes definitely should have burned off, but you know, fine. It's all fine. All fine. So the fact that you see Barty Crouch Jr.'s face ruins the entire point of the film. Yeah, I put this in adaption rather than here because I tried to basically work out in adaption what they were trying to adapt the plot into. But it was a really odd decision to show Barty yeah. Crouch. I, I assume it's because it was like, it's David Tennant, we've got to get the screen time, yeah. we've paid for him now. Yeah, you. Yeah, like they... You, you could have just done the silhouette, but they were just like, no, here's his But he's in the first scene face. as well. He's in the dream scene at the beginning. That's at least further out 
shot, like the shot is like far further away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't want to hide it. Like, I suppose they didn't say it was Barty Crouch, but it's it's stupid. It's really stupid. We're about ten minutes into the film, and Ron has had no lines apart from like crumbs like an angel. Hermione has literally had every line of this film. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. Especially because Rupert Grin is clearly the best out of the three of them at this stage and they're just like, don't use him. All they'd make him do this entire film is scowl. I know that should come in casting. All he does is like just call, like pull really sour faces and just look like a brat. Yeah. Which, like, you got to know that's not his choice. That was... This is where they really start to ruin him. Really, really, really start to, yeah. So we're now jumping into them arriving at Hogwarts. Mad-Eye Moody arrives... And they really draw attention in the dialogue to him drinking. There is no subtlety in this plot. Like, There's also, isn't there, like, thunderclap? Oh, yeah. Lightning strike. Subtle. And then Seamus is like, what's that you think he's drinking? And Harry's like, I don't know, but it doesn't look like pumpkin juice. Like, would you trust the audience to work something yeah. out rather than being this like... This film really fucking panders to the audience. Oh, my God. Um, there's also the random bit they added in where Filch just runs in, says something <laughs> to Dumbledore and needs. And I'm like, why did you include this in the world's longest film when you cut actual plot? Instead of including that, which serves no... I. What was it? I don't understand. The entire time since this film has come out, I've I've wondered. Is it like, the schools are ready now, they're here? I don't know, because it, it seems... No, because at that point they'd already come, because no, don't they... It's before the schools arrive, I think. It's before it? the other pupils come in the hall, I think. I don't know if it is. I don't know. Because they just kind of just turn up straight away, and then there's, like, the assembly. I think they just found out the actor could do that silly run, and they were like, put it in. It's just, like, annoying. You could have used that, like, minute to actually explain some of the plot because that's the thing. They have both the schools turn up before they explain what the tournament is and then they never explain what the tournament is. They skip straight into the Goblet of Fire thing and then they don't even have a conversation like they could have had the kids the morning after. I mean, obviously, just have Dumbledore explain it. That would take 30 seconds. But you, if you're not going to do that, you could at least have a scene of the kids at breakfast in the morning talking about what the tournament is. Nothing. It never gets explained what the tournament is. And the entire film doesn't make sense because of it. So I don't understand why you've put in Filch running in for literally no point. It's like comedic relief that isn't remotely funny. And yet you've not explained the entire plot of the film. Stop trying to find logic in this film. Talking of logic, why at the end of this scene is there an entire shot of Karkaroff at night walking through the great hall doors, looking around evilly, looking at the cup and then closing the doors behind him? I don't know. Another minute that could have been used to explain the plot. No, but also, like, we know the ending of this film, that Karkaroff didn't do anything with the goblet. So... What, what is it? What, what was exactly. he sneaking into the hall for? Exactly. Would someone explain what he was... Th- it it's was again, like they were kind of like, let's film everything we can because we don't know the ending yeah. yet. It's Again, it's pandering to the audience. They were... Because they didn't have Ludo Bagman and they have never heard of being subtle. They could have subtly hinted that you're not to trust... Karkaroff. But no, they had to literally be like, here's him doing something bad to but try and make you suspicious. Doing? It was supposed to be that he was putting Harry's name in. But he wasn't, so what was he doing? Exa- exactly. Oh. So it just defeats the point. Like, actually use that minute to explain the plot. You don't have to pander to your audience being like, look at this suspicious guy. He's the distraction. No, you no. don't have to do that. You also miss the best part in the film where Hagrid forks Flitwick because he gets so turned on by Madame Maxine. <laughs> 
Mm. One of the only two redeeming parts of this film. There's like a longer cut of that in an extended deleted scene. Brilliant. I right. need to see that. Yeah. We're at the end of all the films and all the books, we should then watch a compilation of every deleted scene. Yes. Yes. Um, my only other plot note that I had, because there is no plot. Oh, I was, have another two pages. Wow. Was they really amp up the whole Rita Skeeter fancying Harry pedophile yeah, plot. really creepy. It's not okay. It's really creepy. Especially because she's like a boy of 12. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? She's just fantasising that he's even younger. Yeah, I know. I'm like, stop now. Yeah. <laughs> creepy. Stop now. Hermione, well, yeah, yeah. Hermione just sits around looking disapproving of things. She's so annoying in this film. And she's like, it's not going to work. It's not going to Yeah, that, like, I had that under, I think, oh, casting. Oh, I it's not going to, to work. work. I know that Hermione is meant to be a bit of a know-it-all, but she is not this gosh she is darn annoying. Insufferable in this film. Absolutely. So smug. So mothering. Just we'll get on to the we mothering. We will get onto that. So they cut out half the film. Yeah. The book. But then add in this scene straight after the name comes out the goblet of fire where the teachers are talking which is the kind of scene which in principle i love them to add in something not from harry's perspective with four of the greatest actors a great moment to have a look away there's something a film has the possibility to do but the scene is really weird because what mcgonagall is saying that like she's basically like oh dumbledore you can put a stop to this like we need to find a way to get Harry out. You've never given a fig for Crouch and the rules before. And then Snape is like, no, no, there's clearly something dodgy going on. So we should let Harry stay in the tournament so that it, we find out what's going on. And Dumbledore's like, I agree with Snape. I'm like, so in the canon of this film, you can get Harry out, but are choosing not to. Yeah. You're a dick. Yeah. What are you doing? There's also a spectacular bit when Harry's name comes out and then they're all in that, like, chamber. When <laughs> the turnaround bit. All of the, like, adults are gathered together in a group and then they all turn to look at Harry over their shoulder and it is genuinely a boy band moment. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so bad. I just wrote down, I am not an owl. Mm. Mm -hmm. no charlie weasley in this film he is mentioned by name but he is not in this film which is the only film he really should be in so basically he's never in any of the films yeah tragic mm -hmm. seamus just randomly talking to ron about how great it is to blow stuff up which is meant to be a callback to like the first yeah. and second film where he accidentally blows himself up in the face a lot but yeah it's there's, just really weird. There's a trend, if you haven't seen it on TikTok, go see it. But a trend of people of different ethnicities and nationalities and cultures in general, like kind of doing an impression of what their character would be like if they were in a Harry Potter film. Oh, God. And they're always like, no, no, Mrs. Rowling, I, I, I don't think this is appropriate. And she's like, just do it. And then they just do a bunch of like really racist things. This is part of where that stems from. Yeah. This entire film, this entire book. But yeah, this part in the film where it's just like, hmm, the one Irish student, he loves blowing stuff up. It's just like, you can't... You need to think yeah, for it was, two seconds. It was kind of funny in the first one where he accidentally exploded something in his face. Yeah. And then I find it really funny when they then use it later on in, in the, film eight. It's hilarious. Yeah, but you can't just have... 
him have some like pyrotechnic fetish well no that is what they say in film eight he's like doesn't McGonagall literally say I believe you have like a capability sorry I believe you have like a a, a, a penchant for pyrotechnics or something yeah. and he's like yes I get to blow shit up it's just like you can't do that with the one Irish character do it with someone else anyone else there are many other characters why is the dragon pit so rocky and death-like? I I don't know. Just Where did they did they f- was it there already? Did they fly in the death rock? Did they make it sharper for more killing opportunity? Did they put the boulders there that he hid behind for him to hide behind? I don't know. Why does the dragon so easily break his chain? It literally wasn't an issue. The dragon was like boop done. Yep. And broke the chain. Did no one test the strength of these chains? And then, and then, and then, no teacher gets up to help. This dragon could literally murder the yeah. entire school. He could fry all the students. And, and everyone's like, yeah. oh no. And we know that, like, you know, the dragon carers are there. They should have brooms on them because, you know, dragons, dragons can, can fly. fly. But no one comes after. They're just like, oh, I, I guess, guess Harry's a, dead then. guess the dragon's escape. What if that dragon doesn't go after Harry flies away and just ravages a muggle village? Yeah. What if it does a Daenerys in Game of Thrones and kills loads of innocent people? What if this is the prequel to The Hobbit and he just goes off to... Um... None of you are doing anything to stop him. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, do a better job. Think of the dwarfs. Did the dragon die? I don't know. And how did it die? Because it's literally chasing almost got Harry. Harry goes through the bridge... The, the dragon, dragon stupidly stops. hits the no, bridge. No, but the dragon like fully stops, headbutts the bridge after <laughs> oh. it stopped, and then just appears to just die. That did is, Harry kill a that dragon? Is animal cruelty. But Harry didn't. Harry did shit. All he did was fly through a bridge. The the dragon then stopped and then seemed to slip, even <laughs> though it was in the middle of the air. Headbutt the bridge and then die. Harry didn't even kill it. Harry spits out his drink when he looks at Joe. <laughs> in one of the best moments of the film. always what you do, though, when you see someone hot. You I just... just love the... He's forgotten how to swallow. <laughs> so funny. Um, they try to do the whole Yule Ball look around thing and we'll go more into the, the dress and like everything like that in other bits of this. But they try to do the whole, like... Wow, Hermione was beautiful all along, which you can't do in a film that you cast Emma no. Watson in. Like, you can't... Like, it's fair enough that Emma Watson, it was more pretty than you expected her to be. That's not an issue. Like, fine, these things happen. But she was still stunning at 11. Well, yeah, exactly. But whatever, you decided to... Well, J.K. Rowling literally said, she's too pretty, but she seems perfect. We've got to cast her. But oh. then you can't still do the... <gasps> She was gorgeous yeah. all along. It makes no sense. You She's can't hotter have... than Fleur. Like, none of this makes exactly. any sense. You cannot have Ron being like, oh, she's lying. She didn't get a date. When he's Rupert Grin and she's Emma Watson. Well, they also still try to do the, like, is that Hermione Granger? It's like, she I looks the exact same. It's like she literally she looks, looks the same as she did yesterday. Especially because this film is the worst for, like, straightening her hair. Ugh. No, I love that they still attempted to do the like glasses off. She's a different girl thing. Yeah, with, like n- n- no. But like, it's, it's annoying that this film is the one with the hair where all of the boys have the most ugly, unkempt hair, and then Emma Watson has this beautiful, shiny, like clearly straightened and then recurled hair. Yeah, and it's just like she's still like drastically underage, and yet they're like she has to be physically attractive, even though she's supposed to be playing a. 
not ugly, but you know, like unattractive. Plain. Yeah, plain, plain character. It's like, no, 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 she is a girl. Yes, she's underage, but she's a girl. She has to look nice, whereas these boys literally look horrendous. These boys look like they've climbed out a fucking swamp. Which is like fine because they're literal children. Yeah. But it's just like disgusting that the that the you know, the people behind the film did that to her. Yeah. It's just like she had to be a sex symbol when she was like fourteen. Yeah. <clears throat> the film actually brings up the Victor Hermione age thing. Good. Which is surprising, but it does. Yep. Like Ron says, and he's Ron says something like, and he's too old or he's too old to be interested in you. So the film like puts in a plot hole that was in the book. Dumbledore is a dick who gives Harry biting sweets for no particular reason. Yeah, he's like, they're sharp and then they are genuinely just murderous sweets. And also, Harry has just found a dead body and Dumbledore's like, bitey sweets. Yeah. This child has just found a dead body. And they fully have mouths. I never want to eat a live thing with a mouth. I'm a vegetarian. Dumbledore's a dick. Yeah. Why is Crouch Jr. 40, not 19? I don't know. See, a lot of your plot things I put in adaption. I'm sorry. I have, yeah, they crosses over a lot. Skipping forward to the maze, something that I really hated that they did. They make Harry and Cedric physically fight yeah. after Crumb has been attacked before they get to the cup. Like, they are physically running and pushing each other. And we'll, like, get into this into adaption about the maze and the whole, like, it plays with your mind. But I really hate this. Yeah, it's it's not the one. Then I just wrote foot face. Yeah, that's, that's a thing. That's when Voldemort pokes dead Cedric with his foot. Mm-hmm. It was horrifying to watch. Yeah, not the one. Why is Expelliarmus knocking everyone about in this film? I don't know. They just seem to forget or confuse that with Stupefy. Everything just makes white lights and people fly around. Yeah, it's stupid. It's Hollywood drama. Dumbledore gives Harry no support, doesn't explain what happened to him the night after all the horrible stuff like in the books. And Harry, which I didn't notice before, ends up apologising to Dumbledore about his blood being taken. He says, sorry, I couldn't stop him. Ew. Dumbledore. I just don't get the script adapters who were like, you know, this really, really famously well-selling book. I could do it better. I'm going to rewrite it. Like, no, just, I get that you have to adapt, but there's a difference between adapting and rewriting. This is straight up a rewrite, like, pipe down. Yeah, I mean, they apparently seriously considered splitting this film into two and chose not to, which was a bad decision. Yeah. Like, I understand they would have gone on too long if you'd split all the films from now into two. Like, I do understand that's a dilemma, but it was a bad decision. Yeah. Um, I also don't get, why can't you have a four-hour film? I don't know. Who makes the rules in society? I don't know. I guess it's... It was it, the thing is, it's probably to do with cinemas and cinemas wanting to get loads of people through. So yep. they don't want you to have a four-hour film with a break in the middle because they want as many tickets and people through. Well, that's the thing. You kind of need a break. Like oh, as much as I love like Harry Potter and I would love like just like eight-hour films. It's hard to keep someone's attention for four hours. Yeah, but you could have a break like they do in theatre. Yeah, but I wonder if that will change because I think that's an interesting thing about the post-COVID world is that. Now, like back in the day when, like, a back film, in yeah, when a film went straight to DVD mm. or straight to digital later on, mm. that was like bad, horrific. Whereas now, 
that's all anyone's doing. Yeah. It's very interesting. It will change a lot of things. Yeah, I just think that like going straight onto Netflix and Am- Amazon will just become the thing. That's, yeah, I wonder how films... They can't make as much money then, though. I don't know. We'll see. The last plot note I had was just how much I actually really like this film's ending, just to give it a little bit of credit. I love everyone saying goodbye and seeming super happy and hugging all the people and Harry walking along the corridor just watching to symbolise that Harry now feels separated from the rest of his classmates and peers by what he's learnt and what he's seen and even they have Ron and Hermione joining in with the goodbyes and the hugs and the fun and Harry's just watching them smiling in a way where he's happy for them but not able to join in emotionally Yeah. and then it's so cheesy but I love the bit where like Ron jumps through the walls and he's like Will we ever have a quiet year at Hogwarts? Ha ha ha. No, it's so cheesy and tacky, but I love it. Yes, but I hate what immediately follows, but we'll talk about that later on. All right, then. And then, yeah, I love the, the way they walk to the balcony and the swelling of the music. It's, it's, a, it's a much better film ending than b- film three, which was a terrible ending. Yeah. Casting! On to the second redeeming quality of this film. Casting? The fact that hot Brits are finally represented. Because so far, we have been deprived of any hot Brits. Even when you had Gildroy that was supposed to be he was gorgeous. No, he's... No. Well, he was like smarmy, like... like, No, but not hot. Not hot, but... No, He was good looking. But you've not had... We've not shown our British sex appeal until this film where you get both David Tennant and Arpats. And we, I think I've checked this before. Arpats was 18 during the filming of this film. So Good. That's fine. what we love to hear. We love to see it. Um, yeah. yeah. So casting, let's start with Arpats. Arpats. Uh, yeah, my note was hot, hot, hot. Yes, please. Mine was so hot, so perfect as said. Yeah. It was a really, really good cast. Good choice. Really, like, he perfectly has that, like, jock. Charming, but boy next door in the popular but kind way. Yeah, jock, popular but kind, not too cocky, just like a nice guy. Um, Why is he in a tree at the beginning? You could have asked me that the other night, and the police did. (laughs) God. (laughs) Look, don't hate on being in a tree. Why was he in the tree? I don't know. He just, his entrance is just I, dropping from a tree. I love climbing trees. <laughs> so does he. You'd be a good couple. I know. Me and our pats would be a good couple. Yeah. If anyone ever anyone meets him, <laughs> tell him. My sister was on a plane with him once. <gasps> I also think that Arpats was really good in this film at the more serious moments. Like, I absolutely loved when he tried to, like, protect Harry just before he died. And, I don't know, I, I think he's a great actor who knew he was then marred by Twilight, but has gone on to film some very interesting films. I watched him in one of his weird small ones the other day, and it was weird. Yeah, he, weird. I really want to watch that rom-com he did where, spoilers, but everyone knows this because it's so memed, where it is just a normal sappy rom-com have you heard about this i feel like i have but i've and forgotten what you're about right to say. at the end he goes into a building and apparently it like zooms out and he's gone into the twin towers and it's 9 11 why would anyone write that here's a rom-com oh by the way death why 
Why yes. Why is that a film that exists? I watched one where it was very gritty. There was a lot of drugs in it. He was very good. I also recently watched Tenet, which he was amazing in. So he's just a great actor. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything aside from Harry Potter. Uh, I'm not thinking. No. You should go see Tenet. Okay. Well, no, we're going into lockdown. You should find a way to watch Tenet. <laughs> yes. It's good. It's really um, good. I'm excited to see him as Batman. David Tennant, my note again was hot, 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 yes, please. My ho- my note was very hot, much tongue. I mean, there's no need to explain why David Tennant is such a great actor. We all know he is one of the best actors this country has to offer. Yes, and he's gorgeous. He literally um, also is like, in this time period, he was truly flavour of the month. There yeah. wasn't anything that David Tennant this wasn't in. This was the in. height of his Doctor Who thing. Yeah. He was hired everywhere for everything. Yeah, which if anything I do, my only criticism will be it slightly pulls you out of it because you're like, that's it David does. Tennant. He's too famous for these films, I think. Or he was at the time. I think now it would be okay, but mm. now we just associate with it as that's our Doctor Who. Yeah, the problem with it, especially being Doctor Who, is like, it's such another big fantasy thing. That's why yeah. it pulls you out. And it's he was the same age, so it looks like if he recorded that role now we'd yeah. be like oh but that's older David Tennant it's different yeah. but yeah he was the wrong age but I get that they age everyone up in the films controversially love the tongue thing love definitely am convinced that it was a nod to Billy Piper in Doctor Who I, I enjoyed the tongue thing I just want endless gifts of the tongue thing I do actually think it is not one of his most spectacular acting roles like obviously he's very it's, good in it but in terms of things I've seen David Tennant act in it doesn't come anywhere near close to the top but he isn't really given the scope in the no, script no there's not he gets like two lines yeah and like yeah. he does quite a lot of run and reaction faces but in terms of like I, I mean I have sobbed multiple times in multiple different television shows from David Tennant so yeah. do you want to talk about the beach scene <laughs> Cho Chang I, I'm sorry I'm not sure what she's called her actress name oh uh, Michelle something I think she was the one when the whole JK Rowling trans thing happened she tweeted just like okay here are my real thoughts about Cho Chang and then it was just a link to a trans charity yes queen love it yeah Um, she's great she's so pretty yeah she is but I love her accent but I put like she did what she could with the role. Oh yeah, there was nothing in there for her. No, there wasn't. She gets the actress gets a bit more chance in the next film, but still not loads. But I think she's All a lot better. All her character does is kind of cry and mope and yeah. Yeah, but she, she did l- what she could with the role. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was any chemistry be- her- between her and Harry. And then I was thinking about that, and I'm like, but there wasn't between him and Ginny. And Ginny gets... A- what if it was Dan Rad? What if at this I stage in his life, was. Dan Rad just could not have any chemistry with a woman? I don't think he can have chemistry with a woman. No, but he has since. When? Uh, what if? Oh, yeah, I did like What If. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. point. He's just very awkward. I mean, it's a 15-year-old but, but actor. What do you do awkward and have chemistry? And yeah, he's 15. And I don't think that Ginny's acting helped. But yeah, him and Cho, they're, he just kind of stares at her a lot. But also, in the books, they didn't have really a single personal one-on-one interaction before he asked her to the ball. Yeah. So, it's fair. It's, yeah. She also is so gorgeous in the ball scene. Like, yeah, she looks unreal. incredible. Yeah. Barty Crouch. Good. Good actor. Yeah. I think he's perfect. He I is really such the, a slimy politician. I really like the, the cadence of his speaking. Like, he speaks sentences in quite an odd way and he has this, like, 
nervous hand thing yeah. and it just looks really good yeah and like kind of the styling that they did on him like his facial hair and the clothes they put him in was such a great like dated out of touch mm. slimy politician but you like you know there's something like wrong inside of him and something's eating him up the way like all the nervous ticks yeah. and stuff it was very absolutely good absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. mad eye moody okay well first off i uh love brendan gleason he is fantastic he's a great actor is he related to Donald, they are Donald. Right? Donald's his son. Yeah. Oh, so cute. yeah, they played. They were alongside each other as father and son in these films. Very cute. Yeah, super cute. I think he's absolutely perfect cast for Moody. I think it was the perfect cast. Yeah, uh, it's how I, I. I mean, I don't remember reading it and picturing him, but I think if I went in blind and pictured him, is exactly how I would picture yeah. him. I find him a little bit over the top and cartoonish. But that's not a bad choice. And I also think that's all you can do when you're like wearing like a fake eye and a peg leg. Exactly. And I think his impression at the end of Robbie Coltrane's Hagrid was spooky. It sounds like it's voiced over. It's way too good. Yeah. Like, you know, when he's like, wonderful things, drag us Like, it's so good. Yeah. I just had a note on Emma Watson's eyebrows. And then this is where I wrote, it's not going to, to work. work. But yeah, this is the film where she's just like... I have eyebrows and I I can use them them. to express. (laughs) And I will. Crumb, very fit, no lines. He literally has one line. Do you mean fit as in physically or hot? I find him relatively good looking. He's very physically fit. I don't find him remotely good looking. Interesting. Um, I get quite upset about this casting. As far as I'm concerned, I think he was literally street cast. Like they walked past him one day. Um, Fair enough. I think maybe it's the way that they styled him. I don't find him hot, but I don't find him remotely hot. Um, the character has such incredible himbo energy that is just not fulfilled. No. Um, I don't think it got the hot, like, sports jock thing right. They more went for Russian mysterious, which exactly. he's not even Russian. He, he should have been, like, teen sporting heartthrob, you yeah. know? Mm, yeah. Um, Rita, good interpretation of the books, bit cartoonish again. No, uh, I don't like her. I think, like, I, yeah, I think she is, like, how she is in the books, but I think we had the conversation about how she is in the books yeah. we don't agree with. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, the actress was good for what the was given in the books. Yeah, I uh, think she was. But. Fleur. I find it, I feel a bit sorry for the actress that plays Fleur because it's very difficult when an author writes, like, the most beautiful... Yeah. Like, you can... It's fair enough writing, you know, it's a subjective most, thing, but what also, your most beautiful is. But also, it's it's not just subjective. It's also, like, you can write a book where it's, like, they were prettier than any human girl. Like, they looked like X, yeah. Y, and Z. But then how do you cast that when... You you know, you just have people. I think I don't love her for it. I mean, not because of her acting ability or anything. She's a great actress and other things. Um, And the role is written so terribly for the film. I just think they cast her not on she needs to be the most beautiful girl in the world. They cast her on, she's French. So they literally just got like the most French looking actress that they could. And she is incredibly beautiful, but not in the way that I think when you say the most beautiful girl in the world. Like to me... They should have gotten like literally like some supermodel type, yeah, cheekbony, like tall, yeah, like kind of like Scandinavian-y. Like, uh, yeah, I was expecting like white blonde Scandinavian, and like the actress is really beautiful, and like she does a good job with the terrible role she was given. But yeah, it's just like not what I was expecting from her. Yeah, and then I also would have like loved to see an interpretation where it's like she's the most beautiful girl in the world. 
And she's not white. Well, yeah, exactly. Like if that's the, the thing, like, like there's no need for I her think, to be white. Yeah, I think when you look at some of like the like top models and like occasionally top actresses, but not normally in like Hollywood, mm. you get a lot of like Bollywood actresses who are like unreal yeah. levels of stunning. And then you get a lot of like black models who are just like the most like incredible cheekbony just like, like just absolute goddesses yeah. and like i would have loved to see like one of those interpretations yeah that would have been really interesting um so i think like i would have been happy like pretty much like any ethnicity but i just yeah for me i just feel like they were just like french she's french she needs to look french she needs to be as french as possible and completely ignored the whole like she needs to be like next level stunning like the actress is gorgeous but for me i just you know you kind of think Supermodel, you know? Yeah, yeah. Voldy. Yeah, I will never say a bad thing about him, Ralph Fiennes. Yeah. I think it's he's very spook. Um, he does very good body acting, is something I noticed. Like, his movements. Yeah. They're very good. And I think it's hard to act. He was in so much, like, prosthetic and face pain and stuff. Yeah. It's very, very difficult. He, d- he pulls... Like, it's not... I don't think it's the same Voldemort that's in the books. Like, Voldemort in the books is much yeah. more, like, high-pitched and... You can see that it's a, the Voldemort that inspired Star Kid. Yeah. He's very tactile, and you can see how that eventually lent it to the whole... To dance again. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I really like his interpretation. And then the last actor I want to talk about, who is one of my favourites in this entire film, is Cedric's dad. Oh, really? I didn't even write a note about him. He is... Incredible, I think. The smug cheeriness throughout the film is very well done. Yeah. And he is your friend's dad that you meet and you're just like, I hate you. But then <laughs> his acting when he finds out Cedric is dead is horrific. Like, it's heartbreaking. And, like, for such a small role, he does... So he he does so much with yeah. it. I think he's fantastic. I do agree. I didn't write a note on him just because I'm like, I didn't have anything to say in terms of, like, the adaption. Yeah. Like, because you don't really see a lot of him in the book. But yeah, but I do he agree. Does he more was more than great. what was in the books. And like, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that. He really took. No, a yeah, role. he was great. Like, he was great. fantastic. Cinematography. Woo, woo. It's a dark film at the beginning. It's dark. But also, weird floating. Why do they float? They just float down. They just do the weird leg thing and they float down. Why? Why do they let go of the boot before they've hit the ground? Does the boot carry on? Where why did they go? Ad- why did the adults know how to walk down and the kids just like literally break their backs? I just honestly like that's not. I don't like the floating. It just takes me out of it. It's so silly. What did the hairstylist die? Did they just? I am convinced the hairstylist went on strike at the last minute and they were like, no one else can cut hair. I just wonder, like, did they tell all of them before? Were they like, guys, like six months before, grow your hair out? Because that's not a... You can kind of, like, give someone a bad haircut and go, oh, fuck, that's for the film now. But it's so long. They had to grow it out. They, it's quite a big this gap between... This was a between, conscious decision. Well, it's quite a big gap between th- films three and four, but having going through but a growing you, out process currently, there's a lot of time of grow out there. Like, there's exactly, a year's worth exactly. of grow out. That's what I mean. So they specifically... It's not just that they miss one haircut and went, oh, you know what, actually, I think that's working for you long. They had to tell them in advance to grow it out. I don't understand what happened with the hair. I I need to know. It's so flowing. And while yeah. Fred and George look awful. Oh, awful. So bad. Ron looks awful. Yeah. Harry, at least, his looks messy for the first time. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. 
why is the Quidditch Stadium in the ground? It's I quite like sunk that. into the That's clever. It is, but why? I don't and know. How? And it's also Dig. like a full-on. It's like a football. St- why? It completely takes me out of it. I quite liked it. It's harder for Muggles to spot. I thought it was quite clever. No, it's not harder for them to spot because then they've got like a big metal stadium construction on top of it. And it's like, it's a Quidditch pitch. Why does this have a roof? And it also, I feel like it really breaks up like the entire like wizarding aesthetic. Like it doesn't fit with the aesthetic. It doesn't see what we've seen before I mean, from there is The Quidditch. aesthetic goes wild in this film. It's like, yeah, we're still oldie worldy. Have you seen this modern hoodie that we've put the characters in? What? What? Yeah, it's it's. I'm get onto the hoodie. I just like it for me. It makes no sense and breaks up the aesthetic. No, there is no aesthetic in this film. Um, it's awful. Why are the twins, the Weasley twins, in matching jumpers? It's creepy. Creepy. Adult twins don't wear matching jumpers. No, weird. Unless they are doing it to purposely play tricks on people and swap places. Maybe, but, but I still. don't think so. And it's not there. Uh, this was where I had the hair note. Why does Mad Eye Moody's eye make an electronic sound? Why? He is not a cyborg. Why does he have a metal foot? He is not like a cyborg. A metal shoe. I get having a metal foot. He's got a metal shoe. You can have a metal foot and then put a normal shoe on. What's he doing with all of the other shoes? Why is he a cyborg? Why is he metal does and he, have an electric eye? Does he buy a pair of shoes? And either have to carve out a matching one in metal to attach, or just and then just chuck it out. I think he only has one What's pair he doing? of shoes. How does he find ones that match? Then, if he's got to match his metal he shoe, he only likes one shoe. Surely you would just have a metal foot and then put the shoe on it. I don't know, but why in a world with magic does he have an electronically whirring eye? Electricity, electronics don't exist. What is not a robot? Wouldn't wouldn't work in wouldn't work in Hogwarts. Too much magical interference. It's like, why is it like that? I don't. No, just people that haven't read the books. They they. This is the film where they really start to bring in more Muggle clothing at Hogwarts. Which, yeah. like, I understand the interpretation of you doing that. But I dislike it because they're it's meant bad. to be. You did the wrong thing. Like I like the Muggleborns have Muggle clothing, obviously, but people like Draco Malfoy do not wear Muggle clothing day to day. It is like a wizard thing to wear robes. Yeah, I don't get it. Spider crab. Spider crab <laughs> does whatever a spider crab does. Why? Why was the spider a crab? Weird. Why is there a cannon? In a world with magic. Why is there a stained glass window that cries? Emotion. Cannons. Most of our notes, by the way, are just, why? Yeah. Oh, after Game of Thrones, the dragon looks really fucking small. Yeah. Like, I was like, that dragon's too small. Small. I used to think it was big, but then Game of Thrones did a lot bigger dragons. Also, it's amazing how far the CGI has come, though, since film one. Like, there's a whole dragon there, and it looks pretty damn good this long afterwards whereas the first film looks like trash you know what else looks good what uh rita skeeter's glasses very nice go up on the end like little devil horns bit on the nose but i do like it i enjoyed it the whole rita skeeter beetle thing isn't in this film oh my god oh my god this film is trash it's got nothing in it because i was about to say yeah they go up like a little beetle eye 
Yeah. But she's not an animagus in the... Fuck this film. Let's have a conversation about the Pavati sisters' mm-hmm. outfits for the Yule Ball. You mean Ball. Patel. Their surname is oh, Patel. Oh, sorry. Patel sisters. This isn't a Cho Chang situation where she's given them two <laughs> yes. surnames. I mean, as far as I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> a white woman said, yes, I will design these costumes rather than letting someone of the origin that the Patel twist sisters are meant to be design them. And, and oh boy, can you crap. tell? And you've got like the most two most gorgeous actresses oh my god they're so beautiful and then just put them in the worst outfit so and like what I... they're wearing is and i'm gonna butcher the pronunciation so it's lengas lengas which lengas, is yeah. the the like three piece and then oh, a dupatta which is like the sash the shash, yeah. um and those they they could be beautiful those outfits incredibly stunning they normally are like have you seen indian weddings well, exactly. they're amazing like indian formal wear is normally so like incredibly brightly colored it's incredibly detailed you have different patterns you have different embellishments and this is just like it's pink and has one piece of diamante on yeah why and then bangles they're just cheap pink bangles and also it's just like inverted and the sash is so boring and like we can't go into exact detail on why it's bad i would really recommend looking at the tiktoks of people who have analyzed why it's bad because it's really fascinating like how but just don't let a white woman do this no don't let especially because it is meant to be if you're going to be like yes we're going to put this traditional formal dress in this film let someone who designs traditional formal dresses design it or just buy like ready to wear or like collaborate with like a little known designer that's going to get incredible like exposure from it like come on and it's just offensive when you look at how wonderful Hermione's dress is it is so gorgeously and designed Cho Chang's. oh Cho Chang's is great like and you look at how gorgeously designed they were what they did to the Patel twins is so they did lazy them dirty. did them dirty it was lazy and it's disrespectful so lazy and disrespectful um, however Hermione's dress is gorgeous and yeah. I wanted to talk about the whole pink blue thing Mm -hmm. so you know in the books it's meant to be periwinkle blue and they choose to put her in pink but this film is the real real start of where the costume designer Jamine Termine Jamie Termine chose to give each of the main trio a colour scheme of course the woman was pink and then the woman was pink which I don't okay I love the idea of the colour schemes. I don't like the ones she went for. She went with... But I think she couldn't give Hermione blue because she really wanted Harry to have blue. Which, like, I I kind of see where she was going with that. Yeah. So, like, Harry is blue, Hermione like, is pink, and Ron is earth tones. Hermione purple, at least. I feel like that's more Hermione. Yeah, like, Because the thing is, I genuinely... Hermione's character, I feel like she, especially that young, would have had internalised misogyny. Yeah. She's the typical girl that would. Yeah, she's like, like, I don't wear pink. Exactly. So it just doesn't make sense. Like, And she's the kind of person, when she was younger, she would have an internalised misogyny and hate pink. And then she would hit 20 and go, I love pink. Yeah, exactly. So I understand why they didn't put her in blue. And I do love this interpretation of each of the main trio having a colour scheme. Like, I think that's a really, really nice idea to really, like, tailor their wardrobes and to show changes but it's but her dress is beautiful it is so well designed it is whoever decided on a blend of pulp and radio head for the uh wicked sisters weird sisters genius. genius the the songs um why can't you dance like a hippogriff is the best original ever written just absolutely slaps yeah i love the change as well from formal dancing to like 
beaty music. Like yeah. it's really fun. Yeah. Karkaroff casually in a torture device what? in the in the um Oh, in the flashback, yeah, yeah, the cage with the spikes. Yeah, torture device. Why was he in that? Just put him in handcuffs or ropes or something. Spiky cage. The water scenes were incredibly well filmed. Do you know that took them like two months at a water studio to film all of that? Wow. Like so long. Uh, I think it was the longest something had ever been filmed in one like water studio because they had to do so much. However, the decision from the set designers to go, yes, Hogwarts has around a thousand pupils, so we will build these three kind of small things and that will fit all the pupils. It clearly doesn't fit all the pupils on. Why are they on three pillars in the middle of the water? This is stupid. You've made a stupid decision. And they still wouldn't be able to see anything. Exactly. Like, you still can't see anything. So why are you on these pillars that you can't all fit on? Surely you could just have screens, like, projecting what was happening. I don't get it. I do not get it. God. This is where a lot of the characters... So Harry is walking down in a modern sports top with what I noticed was cord pull things at the wrist. Like, you know, like cord Mm. and then that sporty material. And then the boys, like Seamus and Neville, are wearing Hogwarts branded hoodies. Okay, I kind of get that you're thinking like, oh, you know, like modern muggle clothing, Hogwarts logos, but like you want to go for this oldie-worldy feel with trunks so you can't put the logo on hoodies. You know what they're thinking? What? They're thinking we can sell this. But it's like, yes, these people still use trunks with no wheels on and still use candles, but hoodies and modern sports tops, it's just like, choose a thing. Yeah, choose a thing. I'm probably skipping ahead from where you are, no, but fine. I have never seen less atmosphere in a scene than the scene before they go into the maze. Dun, and it's one dun, where they're trying to have, because they've got the music and then they've got like cannons and people cheering. And yet it feels dead. It feels soulless. Like I kind I, of don't know whether they were going for an apprehensive feel. It's meant to feel a bit wrong and spooky. But it just doesn't work what i will say is that music has been so ruined for me by tiktok mixing it with wap thank you tiktok for ruining everything good and pure in my life yeah crumb's eyes being whited out when he's under the imperious curse is the most stupid decision i've ever seen because they literally say earlier in the film like it's impossible to tell when oh you know the imperious curse gave your dad some real trouble in the ministry very difficult to tell who's under it oh crumb's under it and his eyes have been whited out you could makes no sense ah ah the cgi on voldemort is very good good noselessness yes the material of voldemort's robes are very good they made it out of something so light that every time he did some of his body movements it kind of went swoosh 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 swoosh. yeah i feel like he wasn't planning on being like a super like tactile moving um Voldemort, and then they put him in those robes, and, and he, he was, was like, like "I can't not." Oh my god, have you seen this? Yeah, exactly. He was literally like, "Just stroke my head," because the robe is like, "Da na na na." Yeah, yeah, I love his robe. The music, the score, when Harry's parents come out, the wand is incredible. Like I got chills. Like I knew what was going to happen, and the goosebumps. And I put this in cinematography because the way they planned out the scene of Cedric and Harry returning to outside the maze is one of the best moments in all of the films. 
which is amazing in this trash fire of a film. Yeah. The music, which you've heard before and now sounds sickening, but is playing again. Fleur being the first one to realise and screaming. The slow dawning realisation. The zooming in on the different members of the crowd's faces. The way that Mr. Diggory and Mr. Weasley are hugging and then Mr. Weasley has to keep holding on to Mr. Diggory to try, because he's noticed what's happening. Like, just the way they chose to do this scene is, it's chaotic and it's really good. Like, well done, you wrote one good scene. Yeah. It's one of my favourites in all of Harry Potter. I think it's incredibly done. Mm -hmm. Adaption. (laughs) Why do we see Barty Crouch Jr. in the first scene of the film? You've ruined everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Why do the Weasleys have shit seats? It defeats the point. Okay, I worked this out. The Weasleys have shit seats because there is no need for the wand to be stolen because we missed the wand being stolen thing because we cut out Creature, cut out that whole thing. Barty Crouch already has a wand. We cut out all the plot. Yeah. So I was trying to work it out. Okay. Barty Crouch is already with... So Barty Crouch broke out of Azkaban and didn't go home. Clearly, he just went straight to Voldemort. So he doesn't need... Yeah, we don't even find how he got out. No. It's literally just like we see him being arrested and then, oh, he he's he's there. No. I assume they just broke him out of Azkaban. So he doesn't need to steal a wand so we can cut out that bit. We don't need Winky. Um, We don't need Ludo as a red herring. Bertha is cut out so we don't know how Voldemort gets the information about any of this. We assume just from Barty Crouch Jr. But how does Barty Crouch Jr. have the information if he hasn't been living with his father? Why do we see him at the beginning? I want a podcast that's only someone watching this film and then going and reading the book and being like... Oh. You simplified it to the point where it isn't a plot anymore. How did Voldemort know all of this about the tournament? How did he place Moody there without knowing that Moody was going to be hired if you didn't put Bertha in it? I'm screaming help. Yeah. Why are we at the burrow first thing in the film? I don't know. Why is there no Quidditch? Wait, didn't it get cancelled? No, as in the World Cup. Why it's boring. are the other schools arriving the same night the Hogwarts pupils do? Before why they're arriving gets explained even. I then had why does Quarkroft sneak into that room with a goblet of fire? We discussed this, but why? I then have... Did you put your name in the goblet of fire? Yeah, I didn't even write a note on this because it just goes with that fucking saying. It, that like... Okay, if there's one thing that summarises the entire film, it's yeah. just that moment. Yeah. Um, the entire scene fighting the dragon is ridiculous. It's so over-the-top Hollywood trying to make things entertaining. It's like, he's fighting a dragon. This is not going to be boring. It also makes the scene take so long. I'm like, what's going to make a film better? Like, a really, like, predictable fight scene with a dragon that's just so unrealistic and just so boring. It goes on forever. It's, it's boring. So or if you actually explained the fucking plot, plot so people could understand what's happening and why. What's going to make a better film? Dragons. It's just like... I, dragons. Like, I know they're dragons. British films, but I feel like it's like the American influence of just like I just making everything was... melodramatic and not actually... Like, just valuing like chase scenes and dra- drama over like actual re- plot. I think they were really worried about people getting bored because this book was so much longer than the others. They were like, let's make it exciting. But people are going to get bored because they've not explained what's happening. Anyway, uh, why no, are the Patel twins both in Gryffindor? I don't know. Uh, why is there no Ludo Bagman or Barty going insane? 
Yeah, no, Crouch doesn't go insane. They cut that whole bit as well. So what they replace it with, rather than Crouch going insane slowly because he's being imperial, because he's being held against his will by his son, because obviously they can't do that because his son is already with Voldemort. It's just Crouch kind of being there. And then he sees Moody and recognises the tongue flick tick. So then Moody realises he's seen the tongue flick tick so murders him but doesn't hide the body. Dumb. So dumb. Thanks for that. Um, why does Harry scar her before he finds the body? Voldemort didn't do it. Bodies be scary. Why is Neville Dobby now? Felt like it was all, always going to happen, so... If you wanted Dobby's death to mean something in your film seven, you really had to put him in your other films. Yeah. They did improve the trial scene. I did like the drama there. I liked uh, but the also, slime. why is he not 16? They didn't even age him down. No. Because I get that everyone's aged up, but they didn't even age him down from then where he is in the film. And given that would be like, like 12, 13 years, like he, he would have aged. Age him down a bit. He doesn't have to be 16, but he's got to be younger. And then we get on to one of the weirdest adaptions. Okay, so we want to make this film more exciting for people who don't know Harry Potter. So, you know, what we could do is put in all the stuff that was written for us, like the Sphinx in the maze, the Dementors in the maze, the Scroots in Mm. the maze, the Spiders in the maze. But no, what we'll do instead is make an awfully long dragon scene and cut out all of that maze stuff. And instead, do you know what's scary? Hedges. Hedges. Bush. Hedges are scary now. I feel like the night before they made this decision, they did watch The Shining and they were like, you know what? That's scary. Let's, let's do it. Let's do some hedge and they tr- And they tried to do this thing where they were like, do you know what the real test is? Whether you can keep your mind in this maze. And then it kind of weirdly implies that like, maybe that's why Crumb's being weird because exactly. of the hedges. And it's like, either he's imperious or it's the hedge hedges you've got to choose are the hedges tricking him because we have this whole thing of harry not thinking about not freeing cedric because the hedges are making him think like i shouldn't free him so was crumb was it the hedges or was it the imperious but then why were his eyes glowing why what why is it all about like the power of the maze (laughs) and then and then and then and then and then they were going to do this whole, okay, the power of the maze is making people question who they want to help, where their loyalties lie. But then they cut out the conversation between Harry and Cedric about choosing who will touch the cup. So Cedric's just like, you take it. And Harry's like, we'll take it together. And that's it. Yeah. And also it's because like the hedges are closing in on them. So it's like, if they didn't both take it, one of them would have died. And I'm like, it was such a good conversation about the... And if you're going to do the hedges are scary, then do the decision. Yeah. <laughs> On to sexism. sexism. Uh, I I numbered my points. Good. How many do you have? 18. I did not number my points, but there are many capital letters. Yep. Okay. I know the first one. <laughs> Hermione's weird parenting, telling them to get up. It's throughout the film. Yep. So first off, she no longer calls Ron Ron. She calls him Ronald. Then Why? She's basically their surrogate mum. I didn't realise Mrs. Weasley just isn't in this film. Instead, we have Hermione being like, get up, get up now, get up. Go read. And go home so from the annoying. ball. So annoying. But it's so like disgusting. Like she's like fifteen. Why have you written this character to mother the people? Like mother the boys. It's, and it just like honestly, I feel like we just are, like women are raised with the like 
We're just raised to be told that you have to, like, mother, like, any man in your life. Yeah. And it's so boring. But I also, like, from watching this film, I see absolutely no reason why Harry or Ron would want to be friends with Hermione. No, she's awful. I'm just like, give her some... Because I'm like, okay, so, you know, we know that the script writer really had a hard-on for Hermione, wanted Harry to get with her in the first place, and kept giving her all of Ron's lines, but then simultaneously did this weird thing where he wrote her as, like, a mum figure, but he thought that was a good thing. Just a man projecting his issues onto a female character written by a woman. The next main point... (sighs) Why, Why are the schools, schools separate so... genders? Yeah, I had that as my third. Oh, sorry. Um, and then my second was, why are they then ultra-feminine and hyper-masculine? How small was the director's dick? And how was no one involved like, this is sexist? This is So first off, let's unpack them making the schools separate genders. A, that doesn't make sense because we know there aren't many wizarding schools in the country. So if you separate the genders... Why would you do that? We know this is the only school in the French area and the only school in the more Bulgarian northern area. And Bulgaria area. is, like, small. Like, a low population. But I assume that... Well, no, I don't assume. From what we know about what J.K. Rowling wrote, it's not that, like, Bow Batons is just for French people and Durmstrang is just for Bulgarian people. They serve those areas of Europe. But you just why would they be single sex They're no, there's sense. no way they'd be single sex second of all and worst of all what this implies is it was already bad enough that Fleur was the only woman to get through the tri-wizard thing out of four but then the making the school single sex implies that she wasn't any better she was the best out of a school of women yeah. and the schools that had men or were co-ed got men so yeah. she was just the best out of a group of women rather than being the best in her school yeah. so thanks for that yeah, dickweeds. My fourth point was the bottoms, bloody hell. Right, these children are 17 and you're filming their bottoms because you have a hard-on for what you think French people like. And then they're doing mini orgasms as they run. They're like... Ah. Yeah, uh, point number five, the birds. Why is just birds coming off them? Because when you orgasm, tiny birds fly out. Ah. Do you do tiny birds not fly out when you do mini orgasms? Um, no, I don't keep things in my vagina like you do in your eight-month-old moon cup. <laughs> Leave me alone. And then, so yeah, the girls are doing mini orgasms and their bottoms are being filmed yeah. in a way that is so gratuitous to Whilst the male they gaze. They just ejaculate mini birds everywhere. The male gaze, but then the men come in and have big dick staffs. Yeah, no, my <laughs> point number six was big stick. Man, like big stick, fire. <laughs> Big manly gymnastic big dick staff. <laughs> Literally just waving their dicks around. <laughs> it's not even subtle. Like, okay, like I, I almost understand that one trash man wrote this and he was like, this is good. How did he get through every level of what was How the most expensive? How did he get through JK Rowling? What was the most expensively produced film at the time? And everyone was like, yeah, I sign off on this. Yeah, I sign off on this. I don't understand why JK let this happen. Well, at this point, she had really stepped back from the film. So she was very involved in one know, and two. She loves gender norms. She does. She was very involved in one and two, stepped back a bit, and then came a lot more involved later on. Because she saw this film. Yeah, she was like, stop, please, you're ruining my work. Yeah, that's another point. If there's just, like, 
the male and female schools, where do all the non-binary people go? Do trans kids at some points have to transfer school? Yes, they have to transfer countries, Charlie. Yeah. Get across the sea. I had to move to France to change my gender. <laughs> I had to learn, my lang- learn a new language. The worst part of being transgender wasn't, you know, all the societal prejudice. It was having, having to, to move, move to, to France. France. <laughs> I just... And, and like, also, when did they practice these routines? This is the first yeah. day of term. There isn't a month wait, like in the books. This is the first day of term, and they're like, "Ah, oh, did you practice this synchronized bottom running?" I know. Um, my point number seven wasn't actually like a sexism point. Um, just a more general, like, problematic point. Uh, weird, big, scary foreigner connotations. Why? Why is it just like, oh, this like Eastern European school that's all big and scary? Like the Eastern European implications are so wrong in this film. It's disgusting. It's so bad. Hermione at one point just says, oh, this is after Ron Ron and Harry make up. She just goes, boys. Boys. Stop it! (laughs) Them boys. Should we talk about the dancing scene? (laughs) No, I had a point before that. Number eight. Fleur's flowery round paper that comes out of the Goblet of Fire. Girls like flowery paper, Charlie. All the guys are literally just written on paper, as you would. You would even think that there would just be a stack of paper next to the Goblet of Fire. That makes sense, so you don't have to, like, source your own tiny scrap of paper. No, flowery paper. Flowery round bit of, like, floral. It's like a... It looks like it should be on a table arrangement. Like, I don't understand... Like, it's just so, like, she must... This is the girl. Did you know this is a girl? She must be feminine. There must be birds coming off her and flooring round bits of dainty paper. Look how feminine she is. So this film cuts, as we've discussed, all the plot out. But then it decides, do you know what we have time for? A four-minute scene where the girls and boys learn to dance. Why? It's Professor McGonagall is teaching them. This was my question. Did Snape teach the Slytherins? Yes. Yes, that is the only implication. Did him and Draco dance? Yes. Yes. So, the dancing, the girls and boys are separated because girls can only dance with boys and boys can only dance with girls. God forbid if a girl dances with a girl or a boy dances with a boy. Why can't they learn with their own gender if they want to? Yeah. Leave them alone. Yeah. And uh, then we point get... Point number nine. <laughs> something's about to burst, burst out, out of Eloise, Eloise Midgen. Midgen. And I don't think it's a swan. Just leave her alone. What is your obsession with Eloise Midgen? Stop bullying Eloise Midgen. No, but also, okay, so J.K. Rowling wrote some things to do with acne and it was bad. This this line was written by an adult man about a teenage girl and everyone was like... Yeah, it's good. I like that. It's like, I I wonder why she looks sick when she's about to be forced to dance with the boys that bully her for her appearance. I wonder why she might not look well. But what are they saying? I don't even know for sure what they're saying. I think it looks like she's about to vomit. Oh, I either thought it was a spot that was about to burst or it was actually a coded comment about her boobs that had grown a lot bigger than all the other girls and it looks like they're bursting out her robes. I think because she's kind of like sweating and looking really nervous, it meant she's either going to shit or vomit. No, I always thought it was about her boobs being bigger than the other girls because she's gone through puberty worse. faster. Even worse. Um, but whatever man wrote this line deserves to die. Like, just... Set him on fire. Just go kill this man, please. You wrote yeah. this about a teenage girl. Point ten, the boys refusing to dance. Point, the girls are like, all excited. Oh. Point eleven, Neville is made fun of for yep, wanting that, to dance. Yep. Ron and, her, and Harry being disgusted at Neville's dancing. 
Um, I love Neville. Good I for do. Neville. For Neville I, is pure. He likes to dance. Neville rejects toxic masculinity. And also, we stand. He gets a hot girl for the ball, actually dances yep. with her, and stays out later than Harry and He Ron. has a good time because he's not dragged down by his ridiculous need to conform to toxic masculinity yeah he literally comes back later than the rest of them like i had such a great evening like yeah that's what happens yeah if you don't get dragged down by all this bullshit exactly. well done neville point number 12 why do they have to travel in packs point number 30 that line is actually directly from the books still sexist yep uh point number 13 Never mind. Off to bed, both of you. Why are you telling them to go to bed? They're your friends. They're not. They're You're not, not your children. Chaperone. You're not their chaperone. Like, and then Why? they both do it. Why did they do it? Why are they friends with you? You're all. What? I what don't understand. You? It's not even subtle. It's not even just like oh, like she's subtly mothering them. It's literally written like. Again, like it's supposed to be comedic that she's mothering them, but I'm like having fuck a that. heart attack. What's my heart rate at? I'm at 104. I'm burning fat. Wait, um, let me check mine. <laughs> By the way, my resting heart rate is normally around 69. Um, but yeah, no, I am at 104 right now. Oh, I'm actually only on um, 79. Oh right, well, I'm having a heart attack. Um, the next point, I don't know whether it comes into sexism or just wrongness, but the actress playing moaning Myrtle in the naked bath scene is in her mid 30s, oh, I... whilst Daniel Radcliffe was 15. And it's positioned as like comedic relief, her perving on him. Like, regardless of the age gap, that's still not okay. Uh, number that so that was my 15. Point number 14 I had was Hagrid putting his hand on Madame Maxine's bum when she is the headmistress of the school and it's in front of all of the students and then she has to move it back up. Yeah, that's so fucking disrespectful. Don't do that, Hagrid. Hagrid. We liked you, Hagrid. Fuck's sake, Hagrid. That is so disrespectful. Point number 16, Fleur's swimming costume. Why is she in a sleek silver body hugging swimming costume that shows off her boobs when in she's swinging cold forward? Water. And then the boys aren't in trunks. Oh, no, no. They're in baggy shorts and vests. Yeah. So their nipples are covered. But she's in some sort of... It literally, when she's swimming forwards, shows her breasts. Ah! What costume designer did this? I want to kill... Actually, I know which costume designer did this, but I'm starting to think there was one man who did all this and shouted everyone else down about Probably. everything Probably. else he wanted. Uh, point number 17, <laughs> running and crying. In the maze. Yes. In the maze. Why is she relegated? All she's doing is just running around crying. We don't have a single moment in this film of Fleur doing anything good or cool. So all she does the, is the, cry. Yeah, in the lake, we see her get attacked by something and Harry's like oh no and then saves her sister and then in the maze she's crying before anything's actually happened she's running around like <laughs> and then she screams thanks I'm so glad I know why she became champion yep my last point and point number 18 was Harry and Ron refusing to write to Hermione over the summer and laughing at her we know that Harry lives in a domestic abusive situation and, like, and literally only, pines after letters his, from yeah, his friends his only highlights of the summer are writing to his friends and then he's like Ugh, I'm not gonna write gay yeah he's kind of like yeah sure I'll write more often <laughs> lads 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 like fuck did you know letters off. are gay yeah is it gay to wear a seatbelt <laughs> To be fair, I feel like like proper letter writing definitely like queer activity but you but know. they can't email <laughs> just no, awful just, this I'm film just, was terrible like it didn't make sense that it was horrendously sexist it was literally like them trying to make like a teen high school rom-com out of harry potter 
Like, 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 there's so many things wrong with it. It's incredibly sexist, but also, if you sat someone down who has not read the books, like, the thing with these films is, you shouldn't need to read the books, no. the books to watch these films. I'm not saying you should completely pander to book-reading audiences, but you shouldn't appeal to book-reading audiences only, and this film makes zero sense without the book. Yeah. At some point, we should try to write out the plot of this film as it appears in the film. Yeah. And see, like, what happened. So that was that. Uh, it took us one hour and 25 minutes. I'm so looking forward to editing just my screaming. Yeah. Tell us your thoughts on this film. If any of you enjoy it, tell us why. Well, the thing is, we both do enjoy it. That's the thing. Yeah. In a trash, brainless way. Yeah. But if any of you don't think it's a trash film, please let us know yeah. why. We have a question. <gasps> we do. From uh, Jacqueline. Actually, two questions, technically. Jacqueline wants to know what's the best Harry Potter fan fiction we ever read. And then for me, Great they have another question. question. How many views did the fan fiction with Paige get? By the way, it was amazing. Can you it not was look it not, up? They, I don't have the login. Do they not have public views on the site you wrote it on? I'll, I'll, I'll check, but I don't think they do um Um, i'm just assuming um but i will try and look it up but yeah i i was like 13 so i don't have the login well let me tell you about my favorite fan fiction i've ever read i wasn't like the biggest fan fiction reader i did read a bit but one of the best ones i ever read was somebody wrote a story of the, the like basically deathly hallows like what happened to the hogwarts in deathly hallows set from neville's perspective and it's all about Neville restarting the DA, Ginny and Luna. And it's like very gritty and dark and adult. I think I actually read it like much later in life when I was like, probably like 16, 17, like somebody told me to read it. And it is book length. It is as long as Deathly Hallows itself. It, it is It is not perfect. I remember it being like slightly sexist at points because it was probably written by a man. But it was incredibly written for something which this person got no money for doing and like a good idea to go and write something of an entire year set from Neville's perspective. I will find the name of that and put that in the description for you guys if you want to read it because I don't remember it right now. But that was the best fan fiction I've ever read. It was like reading a normal book. Yeah, so I don't really read fan fiction. When I did, I was so young Mm. that I can't actually remember any of it. Wasn't there one the other day where you had, like, remembered a bit of it but couldn't remember where it had come from? What was that? Uh, There was one that I remember reading when I was younger that was, like, very formative and it was, like, Hermione slash Draco, which is not something that I ship, but I just read it at the time. Mm. Yeah, I... Like, I don't really... I've never really... I guess my immortal is the best my, one my, ever. yeah my the best one um i just don't i was so young when i used to read it that i i don't specifically remember anything yeah, that is like the only one i really specifically remember oh no i once read another one and this was when i was younger that i remember finding the funniest thing ever and i would love to find it again so it was a story set in like next generation and it was like set at someone's wedding and somehow everyone at the wedding ends up hiding in the same broom closet and it was just funny and that's all i remember about it but i remember cry laughing during reading it when i was like quite young so if anyone knows what i'm talking about and can dig it out that would be great but yeah i will leave the description to the like neville year long one because i mean this guy wrote a book length fan fiction so um, so i found my fan fiction and it does say um so it has 1191 views i don't know what it started on before we ever like promoted promoted it. it um probably about two 
<laughs> but thank you so much for that question Jacqueline that was a good one it and was... let us know if any of you want to recommend each other really if you're into fan fictions and want to recommend each other some good ones then please do that yeah okay well <sighs> buy thank you for listening <laughs> buy the merch buy the merch um, uh, we're going to go lie down now yeah not okay. together yeah bye bye <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. Vera, Veronica, Sandra, Samuel, Rhiannon, Redbid, Matalib, Molly, Kristen, Katie, Catherine, Nathan and Jacqueline. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon, where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.